Hey there, welcome to the Book of Medora podcast, the podcast where we talk about the lore of the Legend of Zelda series. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Last we left off, we were in the Fire Sanctuary, about to confront Girahim. Part two. Yeah, part two of fighting the Girahim. Monica, that's a cue for you to take us off from Oh, here. yeah, okay. Psychically speech from Girahim. He talks a lot about Link's punishment. He's which... so, so, so frustrated. No, he's happy now. Um, not that I read a lot of it, but this is the line that a lot of Girahim and Link shippers fall upon because mm-hmm. he talks about a thread of fate linking him and Link. Right. Of course, it is a bloody one. Yeah. Um, you notice at this point that he's a little bit cracked. I mean, physically, some like weird black cracks are across his face. Mm-hmm. That's not indicative of damage in this case, though. That's his true form starting to show. Yeah, but I think it's also an indication that he's going off a little bit. His earlier facade is cracking. He's starting to take off the limiters. And shall we fight Girahim? I mean, go ahead, Crystal. I tend to see it more as Girahim unsheathing himself in preparation for being wielded. Yeah. Like his, okay. his, his white stuff is basically his clothes. And when he turns black, it's he's naked. Hmm. Okay. So he's taking off his weighted armor. Yeah, he's taking off his weighted ar- his sheath so that he may be wielded by his master. Right. Okay. Are Are you tempted to frame this in a more sexually explicit way, or because it feels I like mean, we're building up to it? It seems implicitly sexual. He He has such glee uh, at being used. It's hard not to see this as unsexual. <laughs> I guess, but that doesn't really come up for another five hours. Oh, well, it, in replaying it, you kind of notice. Oh, okay, yeah. He, he is all about bringing back the Demon King, and he's mad at Link, and he's mad at Zelda, and he's trying to find Zelda, and he's really mad, and it's time to fight. And when you fight him, like, half of his skin turns black. You remember this a lot better than I do. Right. It's actually not that different as a fight from the first form of Girahim, I think. You just do a lot of reflecting and a lot of just beating the shit out of him. We fought him a few times in the boss rush, right? When we were getting the Hylian shield for Uh your run. Yeah, there's not really anything much to say about this fight itself. It's revisiting the Girahim fight from the beginning of the game to see how much your proficiency with the mechanics has changed. He's a power check. Yeah. He holds up pretty well, considering he's now up against a blade forged by two of the goddesses. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Honestly, he does all right, all things considered. Suspiciously good. Yeah. It's almost like he was prepared for this specific purpose. What do we... Okay, I guess we can get into this once we actually get to the part where Demise shows up. But I do want to revisit the question of Girahim's origin and why he is so much like Phi. Okay. Yeah. Because you yeah, get little fl- little flashes of it when he yells at you at the beginning here. For just one second, he turns into a big fucking sword. Uh, when you defeat him, his line is, You have awakened a wrath that will burn for eons. I swear to you, whatever it takes, I will drag you into an eternity of torments. It's pretty intense. That's uh, sort of, one might say, a prelude to the curse. Huh. Do you think that it's related to the curse in some way? Well, it is... It is the curse, but he's not powerful enough to do it because he's just the sword. So it's like a thematic prelude. He's just wishing really hard. 
Yeah, with nothing to grant his wish. After you defeat him, um, Din's fire. I After suppose. you defeat him, Den's fire. <laughs> no, like no, I the mean, flame. Like, I mean, like that sentence got away from you. The sacred flame of the goddess Din, which may Thank actually you, just Crystal. be Din herself. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think both of you are leaving out verbs here. <laughs> it's like. After you defeat Crystal him. Crystal was a lot more helpful. You find? <laughs> you find. You find fire. Just imagine a dash there after the fight. Oh, dash okay. Din's fire. The M dash. The M dash. The most heavily implicating of all dashes. I think I communicated fine. Okay. The fire goes into your sword and it becomes the master sword with the power to repel evil. It's not 100% powered up yet because its wings aren't totally out. But mm-hmm. it's it's close there. It has it's the called power the Master to, Sword. Yeah, it does have the power to repel evil. The power of the Triforce itself. The sacred white light that demons revile. You could be forgiven for thinking that it is at full power at this point in the game. Yeah, for your first time through, anyway. There have been different designs of the Master Sword, at least slightly. Yeah. So you could go. Oh, it looks a little bit weird. It's but... not as flared. Mm-hmm. Looks a bit shy. Yeah, a little bit shy, the old Master Sword. And now Link has the full Triforce on his hand. Because he has the Triforce, but he has not yet awakened to it. No way to know it yet. He has the whole Triforce. What the fuck? Yeah, there it is. You want it. There it is. Uh, Slight side quest here, now that you're done the dungeon. You... (laughs) Kina would like somebody to till her field. Yeah. Literal field. Yeah. And somehow, um, Fi can douse for this and find a person able and willing to relocate to, to till the field. How yeah, does that what, work? What, what's she dousing for in this case? Can she, like, set herself to a digging ability? Is there any aptitude that she could or could not douse for? It's a two-part thing. It's not just digging ability, because I think any of the magma could... But it's also willingness to relocate. Okay, so what she really did is she set herself to magma and then someone who doesn't want to be where they are. Yeah. She can sense people's souls. I have no idea how that works, but you douse around and you find Gold, the leader of the magma. He's old and beardy. And he wants a new experience. Yeah, he's tired of this shit. So you cart him via Scrapper? Yeah, Scrapper Scrapper. picks him up. To the sky. And while Gold is initially very indignant that he's there just to, you know, work a farm. He's like, this is some bullshit. Um, and then he sees Kina, and he goes into dirty old man mode. A little bit. Yeah, basically. Kina is very genuine and completely does not notice that her employee is... A dirty old man? <laughs> a dirty old man. Well, I mean, he's a mole. Why would she notice? But she's like, ah, oh, he's a great employee. He just works so good. Best of all worlds, I suppose. Yeah. And he's not creepy about it toward her, but he gets to work really hard when he sees who his boss is. Yes. Well, he likes her encouragement and... Okay, we'll go with she's so nice and he just responds to positive encouragement. No, he's a dirty old man. Okay, he's a dirty old man. (laughs) Fuck it. But moving on. Let's see. I I have a question about the sacred flames. Uh Uh-huh. So when you get Din's flame, the line is... uh, Hold on, let me bring that up. The flames of Din have imbued your blade with sacred white light that demons revile. Now, this seems to suggest that the power to repel evil just comes from Din's flame. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's the third thing that was imbued. 
So because is it not in the script? No, it's there. Okay. So the Ferrari makes your sword long. Nehru makes your sword Dao's good, and Din's Flame gives it the power to repel evil. You don't think that perhaps it's simply building to the same thing, and that the power to repel evil would have been the third thing you obtain, regardless of the order of the fires? Uh, that's not quite how the line is written. Maybe it's different in Japanese. Right, but I mean, it would be true... Would you write it that way even if it wasn't specifically Den's Flames that had that property? I think you probably would. I might write it as, with the power of all three flames, your blade has a sacred white light that demons revile. But in that way, you don't quite know what this particular one did. This particular achievement of yours. So? I don't know. (laughs) In that case, why didn't he go after Den's Flame first? Well, his sword Uh, would have been too short, and he couldn't douse You needed the claw shots, and you needed the other stuff. Okay, so to be clear, (laughs) Faror gives you a longer sword. Nehru gives you also a longer sword, but more slots for dowsing. Yeah, because dowsing would be very important to the hero in the future. And Din gives you big damage. Uh Uh-huh. That specifically wards off demons. Okay, um, maybe it's that the infusion of the element of power into the goddess sword enhances what it was made to do in the first place, which is fight evil. Right. And it's not that Den's fire itself specifically repels demons, it's that it makes the goddess sword more intense. I just see that this in terms of, like, Pokemon... It's well, generic experience points, and, you know, Bulbasaur is evolving into Ivysaur and then into Venusaur. Well, that's kind of what I was suggesting. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's what I said at the start, that no matter what order you no, got I them get in, it. that would be the third thing. <laughs> it, it's open to interpretation. I do think that your reading of it does make sense, Crystal. Especially with Din being the particular goddess here. Actually, uh, is it Din's power... It's Din's flame. Yeah, no, I mean, when, the phrase Din's power is the name of the song that you use to access the Silent Realm before going into the Fire Sanctuary, right? Uh-huh. Okay. God, I don't fucking know. The question of what goes on with the old gods is always the least clear of any part of the lore that we participate in. And I say that as a person who talked about the Oracle games and will be talking about Link Between Worlds soon. So, back to the story. You go back to the sealed temple, mm-hmm. and of course, your master sword now can awaken the gate. Yep. But as you aim your skyward strike and the light goes into the master sword, uh, there's a big rumble. Because Mr. Teethy Wiggly Toes woke up again. Yeah. It reacted to the sacred power of the master sword. Or at least that's Impa's theory, right? Yeah. But I mean, it didn't wake up to the gate, though the gate's not... A- activated yet so it could it also just be coincidence that's a hell of a coincidence yeah, and i it think has impa... been a while it's been a minute <laughs> yes but i think impa mentions that well i mean it keeps breaking out faster and faster uh-huh that's it Good no she story does say timing it, she says it is likely the monster reacted to the sacred power given off by your sword yeah see impa has some interesting lines about the sword oh. uh there can be no doubt the sacred flames have purified this blade 
That sword holds tremendous power. That power is a sacred force. It is a divine power left to us by the gods of old, the same power that is spoken of in the Ballad of the Goddess. To look upon you is to see that same great power now flowing through you and the sword you carry. So she's pretty clear Link has the Triforce, and the reason the Triforce in the manual, the reason the Master Sword in the manual of Link to the Past is said to be able to repulse even powers granted by the Triforce is because its power is itself derived from the Triforce. Um, the way the line force is used here, I think it's more that it's the life force and not the Triforce, as well, in... It, I think that Crystal's right in that the Master Sword's power is derived from the same source as mm. the Triforce. Mm-hmm. It is in. It is at least cousin to the Triforce. Okay, but I don't think it's derivative of the Triforce. No, it but couldn't it, be. But it is forged from the same fires. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why. And yes, I was actually just thinking that crystal about how this seems to harken back to that explanation of what the Master Sword is from Link to the Past. And Force is also in red here. Yes, the true Force. The Triforce yeah. to Force. Yeah. Uh, also, Impa mentions that this power is spoken of in the Ballad of the Goddess, but it's not in either the first or the second verses. Well, Gopora doesn't know the entire thing. Yeah. So there's some secret third plus three plus verses that we just don't have access to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, Link rushes outside after this big rumble rumble. Yeah, rumble rumble. And Are we talking about initial D again? Gamble rumble. That's I'm gamble sorry. Rumble. Um, and Groose has a, a device ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's called the Groosinator. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a super weapon. It's a mobile bomb launcher. Yep, yeah. It's like a big old catapult. Well, yes, but mobile bomb launcher sounds a lot better. And these are mega bombs. They're like 10 bombs. They're size. so big, Link cannot pick them up. And it, the Grusinator is great because not only will it move according to how Grus desires to move it along what is basically a set of train tracks that he set up yeah, he around, set the train around the perimeter. And of, he removed the fences that were there. He's been busy. So he has instant access and line of sight to any part of the pit the entire time that the imprisoned is out. That's amazing. It's intense. Also, this is easily the hardest imprisoned fight. Ugh, fuck this fight. It's not that bad. <laughs> Once you know how to do it. But, I mean, it is definitely the most uh, puzzly of the fights. And the most important element of the puzzle is the Grusinator. Yep. Which is the name of the weapon that he has made. The Grusinator. It's like the Terminator, but Grus made it. It's really sweet because Grus was like, I had no idea I could do this. Then then old granny, she told me what I need to focus myself, and here's what I made. And I guess he's putting that engineering degree to work. Yes. What engineering degree? And his enormous upper body strength. Yes. Try not to drool on your shirt as you stare at this amazing super weapon I've been working on. (laughs) Yes. Try not to drool on your shirt as you stare at this amazing hunk of man who has built the weapon that will (laughs) save the world. Yeah. I don't care how beefy you are, you're bound to stumble for a few moments after taking one of my big bombs to the body. Oh, goodness. So, uh, the big 
Wrigley Toes monster that appears. He's different. He has arms now. He has arms now. Uh-huh. Which means... <laughs> Go ahead. His arms are like five times as long as his legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he switched arms and legs. And <laughs> he also has the same... Wig- he has wiggly fingers that look yeah. just like his wiggly, wiggly toes. Which is a hint as to what you can do to them. Right. Now, you cannot attack his feet anymore. Every time he... You can attack his feet, but it's so difficult it's not worth your time. Because every time he takes a step, there's a little shockwave. Yes. You, and you can't do what you may have done for the first fight, which is attempt to land on his head um, right away. Well, you can. You can. It's, it's hard. You have eh. a couple... <laughs> it is... Not as easy as the first time. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because it will shake you off. Yeah. It, it knows you're up there now. Right. So instead, uh, what you need to do for the first part is just wait. Yeah. Because Gruce tells you that there's some final adjustments he needs to make because the monster showed up sooner than he thought it would. So you have to hold it off for as long as you're capable of. And my advice there is just don't do anything. Yeah, Monica likes to stand at a particular spot until Mr. Teethy Wigglytoes starts to climb up the side of the pit. Yeah. And it reaches up with its huge, enormous arms. And I guess it kind of like sits there and breathes for a second and says to itself, okay, okay, and five. And it just preps itself to do one big pull-up. It, he, he's very big and his body's very heavy. Now, there's two ways to handle this. And both of them are... Uh, good ways to handle this you can go up there and as soon as it grabs onto the ledge you can pop its fingers which will make it let go of the ledge and stand still mm-hmm. and if you do that then it will return to a regular walking position right when the grucinator pops up okay and then you shoot it with the grucinator and don't fucking miss because it takes grucinator like 15 or 20 seconds to reload interestingly enough and i i found this out because i I hit the bomb in the Grucinator, and it doesn't just regenerate for the fight. It must be that Gruce actually walks over to the bomb patch where there's one giant bomb and slowly walks back, like, carrying the bomb. And that's the delay. Which is, like, 300 fucking pounds. Yeah. That's a giant-ass bomb. Yeah. But that that time is built in. Like, the game is actually set to calculate, is there a bomb in the Grucinator? No, then Gruce must go and fetch it. This is how long he takes. It's pretty fun to see that system working when you just assumed it was on an invisible timer. Uh-huh. But anyway, if you hit the walking imprisoned with a bomb, then it will stop moving for a bit. If you hit it while it's climbing, then it'll let go and just start walking. So better to hit it while it's walking. And when... It's stunned, you hop on its head from a higher cliff, and you hit the... Or you can take a minute and break its toes. Either way, you'll get it done. But I like to hop on top of its head, because that's faster. And you knock the spike down into its head, and it moves on to the next phase. It starts moving real quick. Yeah. I think it crawls for a bit before it It crawls, and it moves like ten times faster while it's crawling. But can we talk about what a great treachery... (laughs) This boss fight is. How do you mean? Um, if you're like me, if you're told you're fighting the same thing again. You use the same method. You use the same method. And that just doesn't work. No, no, no. The, you will lose against the imprisoned if you try to fight the second form the way you fight the first form. And you did that. Like, you were real, real stubborn about attacking them toesies. I know. And How many times? The, the worst thing is also, you know, 
it doesn't it 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 doesn't walk the spiral up. It starts cheating and climbing up the spiral, which makes sense. But yeah, it's got huge leg arms. What do you want? (laughs) If you had arms, wouldn't you climb? It has to destroy the world. If there was a a spiral path, it's on a schedule. One ought to take the spiral path. No. You can't just start climbing. If you think this is cheating, wait until the next uh, one. I know. I I often, I had to pause and just breathe. Actually, I think it's the third, no, it's not the third one. Never mind. I, I was thinking of something else. We may be giving certain details of this fight more or less incorrect, but the gist of it we've got down. The best thing to do is wait for it to stop crawling and then hit it with the Grucinator again. So while it's crawling, you should be using the updraft to try to get at least two or three layers above it. Then once it stands up, you shoot it with the Grucinator and you pound it back down again. And then you basically just repeat that until it's dead. Uh Uh-huh. Good old Grucinator. It's literally the only reason you can win this fight. Thanks, Grus. Thanks, Grus. To seal... The imprisoned this time, Link has an upgraded rune that he draws uh-huh. with the sword. It is sort of a sideways hourglass. Sure. Two triangles touching at their, uh, basically, t- it looks like an hourglass. Um, but Impa remarks that, you know, the imprisoned's going to break out again and again, and they must destroy it at its source. So it's time to wake up the gate, and the animation for that is really cool. Yeah, um, the gate in this case is just a big block of time stone, which looks a lot like the stones that you would move around with the Song of Time and Ocarina of Time. But when you hit it with the Skyward Strike, it shatters into a million big, uh, what do you call those? Bloxels? Pixels? No, it's like the 3D version of a pixel. Crystal, what are those called? A voxel. Voxels. Voxel. Okay, okay, so I've it breaks into voxels and then rearranges itself into a big gear and portals open on either side of it and other gears reach in from spaces that we're not allowed to see and then they all start turning. Yeah, there's like blue fire if, around the warp holes. It's fucking sick is what it is. The runes on the rock slab light up in a particular order. Mm-hmm. I bet that says something if we took the time to translate that. Did someone translate it? Not that I can tell. It oh. might not say anything. Okay, that's fair. A lot of the symbols are things that um, we recognize. Such there's, as? There's the ceiling runes, like the sideways hourglass that we just did. Is the third ceiling rune on there too? I think so. Okay. Um, and Link can now travel to where Zelda is. At this point, Groose says he's decided he's going to stay behind. Can we talk for a second about this sequence? How <laughs> it's like there's this really swelling, orchestral, almost choral feeling piece that plays here while Groose tells you to go on ahead, that he's accepted his place and knows what work needs to be done, that he will stay and guard the sacred grounds and make sure that somebody's around to take care of Granny. To look after the old girl. Look after the old girl. And um, careful listeners will notice that this is actually an or- a, a very uh, emotional arrangement of Groose's theme that's very playing. Very noble. Yeah, it's intense. And also careful listeners will notice that this is actually the theme that I'm going to put at the start of the episode. <laughs> I, I just like the moment when Groose mentions to Link. <laughs> Are you laughing at that line? Uh-huh. Okay, please read it. 
when you see Zelda, tell her I said, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. As as the music hits its climax. The most emotional crescendo. Oh, it's so good. Does it get a time of musical notation on it? Between the symbols of the goddesses? Let's see. Yeah, they look like yeah, those musical are, notes. Those are definitely some kind of notation. I mean, it's not on the right side of the circle or left, but they, they look like a slightly more alien looking musical. yeah i bet that there's some kind of way you can figure out what those notes are supposed to be and it's on four lines not five but still i'm sure it's some form of musical notation does that actually correspond to the song of the hero there's no way for us to tell because this it's is in a different it's a different scale s- scale of notation scale. we can't the notation language here is yeah. different we'd have to like figure out how to read it first mm-hmm but those look like quarter notes and half notes. It's interesting you mentioned earlier, Monica, the way f- a sacred force is highlighted in the text. Mm-hmm. The word sacred is written normally and force is highlighted in red. Yes. Whereas the way you might expect the Triforce to be written is sacred force all in gold. Yeah. What are you getting at? This is the final transformation that they have been building up to. Of this minor concept from Four Swords Adventures being connected directly to the Triforce. I think and, it definitely is using Force from which one? From the <laughs> Four Swords. From yeah. the Minish games. From if the you Minish want. games as a, a concept, definitely. And when uh when Demise wakes up in reaction to the sacred force flowing through your blade, it is reminiscent of Bellum hungering for the force inside Zelda. It is very reminiscent, though I think that Demise's reaction to the Master Sword is probably on the opposite end. I think he sniffed a big, juicy steak. Um, it, it repels evil and demons, so it's a so, steak that you can never eat. No, no, he heard <laughs> steak, but he didn't realize that it was an S-T-A-K-E steak. I see. Yeah. Okay. Because Demise wants the Triforce. Demise does want the Triforce. And there it the, is, it's right there. The true force. What do you make of that phrase, the true force? The true force. A force gem so big it has undergone nuclear fusion. <laughs> Can the goddesses create a true force so big they can't move I it? I think those flames are the goddesses. Really? I think that this is, came up in the last episode. I don't know that it did. Oh. That is the divine providence. And the, the triforce is forged from merely... A slight ember of the sacred flames. Are you suggesting that the Triforce is created here in this game? Hmm. Is perhaps uh, forged into the physical form that we recognize. But then why Why wouldn't they just try to capture the flames rather than the Triforce? Well, you can't turn it into the Triforce unless you forge the soul of the hero and go into the Silent Realm. Demise seems to have different ideas about how that would work. Why is there this idea that the Triforce existed in the long-ago past? The funny thing is that the demons are entirely uninterested in the flames. I think they would be destroyed, but they can't do anything about them. I think probably Demise ultimately could. Maybe, if in the unsealed version. In the unsealed form. Yeah, but I mean, 
yeah, they, but they can't do anything as is. There has to be a line in the game that describes what the sacred flames are, but I can't remember them. Maybe as the essence of the old gods? Let's see. They are manifestations of the force, the sacred power that dwells in all beings. Who says that? Uh, that is written on the Zelda Gamepedia, derived from the Historia lines. Imbued with the immense sacred power of the force, the goddess sword was transformed into the master sword. I'm throwing this in the garbage. <laughs> The Historia is a secondary source at best, and its reading is not canon for the Book of Medora. Ooh, I'm just starting the encyclopedia read, and that's... It's very... It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. It's got some really silly stuff. Like what? What was that I I messaged... I messaged Crystal with it. Oh, that the Triforce became birds at the end of Oracle. (laughs) Yeah, the Oracle. We forgot the ending of Oracle of Ages slash Seasons, where the Triforce appears above Link, then uh, transitions into... Yeah, it appears outside in the sky, watching Link leave whatever land he's in, and then it turns into birds. It it transitions, and there are three birds. Yeah, three birds. And I I refuse to, like, acknowledge that they turned into... It's not sitting in that old castle anymore. But that is crucial to the encyclopedia's timeline read. Of course, it would be. Yeah, it's just like with the uh, uh, accursed timeline. It's absolutely crucial that we read the ending of this game the way that we do. Everybody's got their particulars. Wait, Uh, what exactly does the encyclopedia say vis-a-vis the birds and the timeline? The Triforce turns into birds. Which fly off. And that's why the Unified Triforce, which is in the Oracle games, um, by the time uh, Link Between Worlds comes about, it's separated and one of them is in a dead Ganon. I don't know why it went to dead Ganon. Who can guess? But that's what the encyclopedia suggests. Also, that old castle that's super fucking abandoned and Link goes into at the start of either Oracle game, that's Hyrule Castle in the encyclopedia. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> I mean, they, okay, they don't say anything about the flames directly. I don't believe in the text of no. the game, but we know what we see. Yeah, we do. It, the, the flames go inside the sword, and Link gets a Triforce. Is it that he has the Triforce, or does that just the indicate? It could still be read that it's just an indicator that he's worthy. It's a of measure it. of worthiness, is what Zelda says. It is true that he goes into the Silent Realm. But the Silent Realm could still exist apart from him. That it's a place that his soul manifests in rather than just being a reflection of him. Especially when it comes to housing the Triforce. Let's travel through the gate. Okay, let's travel through the gate. What happens through the gate, Monica? Well, first you've got to walk through the gate, and that's a really neat effect. Yeah. It it's forms... sort of like the Mirror of Twilight. Yeah, it forms like a turning tunnel of gears. Yes. It is a lot like the mirror of twilight uh-huh huh yeah That's what do we make of that <laughs> is that is what is that anything i i have to say that this must be traveling through time you can't just be traveling through space but then maybe the mirror is traveling through time and space who the, knows the mirror is traveling to the primordial chaos before existence oh no oh spitball in here <laughs> okay that's pretty serious spitball uh, once you travel through the gate, you run into Impa. Impa's there. Hey, Impa, how's this it is, going? This is where I noticed that her design actually has her wearing like orange feathers. Uh-huh. Really long feathers. That must be from a loft wing. Loft wing feathers. 
because loft wings are the symbol of the covenant between Hylia and her people. And the more reddish they are, the more closer to the goddess you are. So orange is pretty up there. <laughs> That's me spitballing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the past uh, where the goddess only just sealed away demise and sent Skyloft up. And you run through the door near, near the back which had traditionally always been sealed in the present. Right. And you have your reunion with Zelda. Hey, Zelda. She's Gru standing in the shaft of light. Up. Yeah, Gru says what's up. <laughs> Gru says what's up. I, I don't know if Link conveys that message. I'm sure that he does. Okay. Oh, God, probably not. Link's an asshole. This <laughs> thing. He's... he's He's uh, he's finding himself and learning what's important, but when he has the room to be, he is a prick. Maybe a little bit. Toilet ghost. <laughs> and maybe, you know, playing with the feelings of a, a shoujo. No. No, no, <laughs> Not no. Not playing with the feelings? Nah, Letting I... her down very hard? Oh, f- fuck. Wait, hold on. That isn't the only two options. Okay, being very sincere to... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, um, let's see. People talk about Link in Skyward Sword. Wind Waker fans in particular are known to hold up Wind Waker Link as being the only version of the character who's very expressive or having an established personality. But I think you could make a strong argument that Skyward Sword Link actually has textually a lot more going on. He's expressive. He is expressive, and he also has dialogue choices. Uh-huh. And, like, he reacts to certain things in certain ways. And the side quests that you undertake, the solutions that are available to you, also characterize him. Yeah, those Wind Waker fans don't know what they're talking about. Wind Waker fans. The only thing worse is Majora fans. <laughs> oh, what if we had a Majora fan on the podcast? Yeah, Majora's if- my favorite game, but the fandom is... Calm down. <laughs> Three <laughs> of times good and provides an important foundation for and, Majora. And all of the games have their very dark moments. Majora's not the only one. Majora is still the darkest yes, though. But I think. There's certain ways to read Breath of the Wild that also make it very fucking dark. And Wind Waker. And Wind Waker, yes. But anyway, Majora's Mask is very dark. Don't be a militant fan of any of these games <laughs> yes. to the exclusion of the others. That's the book of Majora's stance on this shit. Unless it's Skyward Sword or Spirit Tracks. (laughs) They honestly need the support, so it's okay. Don't worry about it. (sighs) Zelda. Yeah. Yeah? There's a lot of very important uh, text here. What what about Zelda, Crystal? Well, the particular line I want to highlight is... The old gods created a supreme power, highlighted in red, that gave anyone who possessed it the ability to shape reality and fulfill any desire. They called it the Triforce, highlighted in gold. I think the important part here is that the they. Yeah. The the old gods named it the Triforce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she is saying that from a perspective of someone who is as close as possible to being able to say that with any authority. Yeah. So... This does imply that the Triforce is not created during the events of Skyward Sword. It does imply that. <laughs> it's just a thing that Hylia squirreled away. Yeah. Where did the term true force come from? Is that the just true corruption? F- I think that the term true force is used in Ocarina of Time 
by Princess Zelda to describe the degree of power that Ganondorf would wield if he obtained all the pieces of the Triforce. Hmm. Another part that's important here is Zelda's summarizing what happened. And she mentions that during the fight against Demise, the goddess feared for her people. And so she used the power, she used her power to send both them and the Triforce into the sky. Okay, so on the a tri- slice of Earth. Okay, so according to Zelda, who may or may not have particular insight into this, we don't know as of this line, uh, the Triforce physically is in Skyloft. Yes, but also her people is confined to the Hylians. Maybe. Does that imply that Hylia herself is like an ascended Hylian? Can a person become a spirit of good? And I think it's more probable that she may have had a hand in creating them. Oh. She is the patron goddess of these people. Yeah. The other peoples have their own gods. She feels more responsible for them than the others. She mm. still feels responsible for the others, but... More. Goodness. Someone, people like the Gerudo might recognize and respect Hylia, but they worship the goddess of the sands. Because they, everyone has their own patron. Right. Except for the Gorons at this point. They're, they're part, they've got kind of a diaspora thing going. Well, until they get to New Hyrule. Right. <laughs> um, and then she describes a, a long and fierce battle after the goddess sends uh, Skyloft aloft. Hylia throws down with the devil. Yes. And it's a long and fierce battle that the land is only is still recovering from at this point in time. But uh, she then succeeds in sealing Demise. Um, and it's a giant pity that we don't get to see this fight, because how would it look like? I think that it, given the uh, budget that they normally give to this sort of thing, it's probably best that it's left to our imaginations. We just never see... I mean, we see probably something relatively similar to it at the ending of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I imagine a much crazier throwdown. Why? What's what's funny, Crystal? Link has a real good slack-jawed expression as he's listening to all this. Yeah, because it's like she... You know that part where Groose is on the surface for the first time and Link's explaining everything to him? And Groose is like, you're kind of making my mind explode right now. <laughs> That's all Link is doing throughout all of this. His head can't take this shit. <laughs> because he's like, I cannot believe you're giving me ex- exposition when I've just finally found It's you. a very long exposition. And she explains that not only did Hylia defeat Demise and seal him away, but... That she suffered grave injuries in her battle. Um, it was also clear that it, the injuries are so bad that if... Demise broke free again, there would be no stopping him. And it's also clear that the seal will not hold for very long, though whatever long is in this context. That does imply that even though she was able to defeat Demise, that he was the more powerful between them. Because she was critically wounded, and he's not. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. And One one of the reasons Hylia might not have tried to save other people... Is that back then there were a lot more gods around? Oh, but they most of them died. You're thinking that every all the spirits of good showed up for this throwdown, like with Maladus. Yes, and most of them died, leaving Hylia behind. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. 
And nobody else thought to throw their people into the sky because they were like, we got this. And she's like, oh. no, we fucking don't. <laughs> I'm sure and they created some protections for their own people. Presumably those, uh, like the Gorons and so on, they, they actually fought, at least the monsters. Well, keep something. in mind that a- according to my reading, I can't remember if you two share this or not. This war was bordering on global. Yes. It's, it must be because Malad is... It started in the Old Kingdom and... I think probably the humans and the Gorons and possibly the Zora fled from the Old Kingdom through the Lost Woods, emerging in what would become Hyrule, and Demise followed while Maladus stayed behind. Mm. We know the Ocean King took in some refugees. Yeah, the Ocean King did definitely take in some refugees. Like, it was bad. It was a bad scene. So nearly all of the more major gods died, and it took a very long time for them to repopulate. So this is where Zelda explains that Hylia put two plans in motion after the first sealing of Demise. The first one is that she created Phi with the single purpose to assist her chosen hero on his mission. Um, which I guess firstly makes clear that even though we see Hylia at one point holding a sword in one of the images, it's not the goddess sword. No, it's just a sword. It could be the goddess sword that she had yet to imbue with the spirit. The AI wasn't in it yet. Right. Google Assistant. Hylio is a programmer first and foremost. (laughs) Um, But this is also the line where it's clear that there was no other chosen hero. No. This link is the chosen hero. I'm sorry to everyone in the sound of my voice. The Skyward Sword manga is not canon. The Skyward Sword manga is the tale passed down yeah 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 but the hero of the ancient past who inspired link was link who traveled to the <laughs> past. uh-huh yeah it's just link as foretold um and this chosen hero is the one you know who would be worthy to wield the triforce so unless you're saying that there was an original hero who wasn't worthy that's not probable. The whole point of this was that Phi would guide him to this place this time and help you know, make him worthy which yeah. is something that she gets into a little yeah. bit further down as part of the big emotional part. Right. And the second part of Hylia's plan was that she would abandon her divine form and transfer her soul to the body of a mortal. Now, that is very interesting phrasing. Yeah. Because that implies that she did not just incarnate in flesh, but took over someone's body? Um, no. Think of it as cohabitation. Okay. Because it's like... The soul in the Zelda series probably isn't best understood as being equivalent to the soul as it's understood in uh, a Judeo-Christian view of the universe. It's more like a life force alongside knowledge. This is a very Japanese thing. Hylia's soul is transported on well, even outside of the fact that building the hero's soul is something that each person has to do individually reincarnation fuck it regardless hylia's soul could be passed down through her bloodline because her soul is her power and her knowledge and her memory it it definitely is i think the way that um japanese mythology traditionally visualizes divinity Mm. passing on through the bloodline of you know the emperor sure why'd she Um, do this monica Oh, she made this sacrifice, and Zelda says, as you have likely guessed, but given Link's slack-jawed appearance, maybe he did not guess. 
um, so that the supreme power created by the old gods could one day be used. Oh, yeah, real good sacrifice. She leaves us off, but by her is the important uh, absent from the line. Not true. Mm. She did not create it so that she could use it. Not in this game. She did this so... Okay, yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, I suppose it could say be used because, you know, she would propel Link through the plot. Sure. And that's the purpose for Skyward Sword. But, but she goes into a human form so that her family, her bloodline can use the Triforce to safeguard the land. Yes. So she's got this really, really, really long view. Yeah, because she's the goddess of time. <laughs> yes. To create a kingdom and consolidate her own power. For while the supreme power of the Triforce was created by gods, all of its power can never be wielded by one. Which is interesting because Hmm. it implies in calling the Triforce the supreme power and saying that it can't be used by a god, it implies that the Triforce is even greater than the gods that made it. All of its power can never be wielded by one. Does that imply that some of its power can? I think so. I suppose. Hmm. It also is very clear here that Demise is probably not a god, mm. even in demonic form. De- Unless... <laughs> I think Demise is definitely a god, and he just wants more power. Even though he could not wield the whole power of the Triforce? Okay. No. Demise with the Triforce would never be as terrible as, say, Ganon with the Triforce, because he can't leverage it in the same way. He is definitely the bad god. Hmm. But that isn't even the most important thing she says about all this. Oh, oh! continue on. Yes, there's please. So <laughs> there's so much to cover here. Let's see. I mean, we're You've 50 minutes figured into it out recording. by now, haven't you, Link? <laughs> you are the chosen hero. And I, Zelda, I am the goddess reborn as a mortal. That's such a good line. And that re- that is the moment that really blows Link's goddamn mind. But it's also the moment where he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that line. So... so so she explains uh, this uh, game from her perspective. You know, Girahim sent that tornado on the day of the uh, the contest. And, you know, at that time, uh, Zelda was saved by uh, the old lady. And she had no memory of anything other than her, her own. But the old woman explained what was happening and how she could regain her memory and her power. Yes. And so she went on a quest to pray at the goddess statues located in each temple across the land. And each statue stirred up her memories, um, and memories of Hylia. She's using my here. Yeah. And after um, she located them all, then Impa led her here to the past. And here Zelda walks very seriously over to Link. With a very serious expression. Because this shit is getting serious. Yeah. Um, All of this is to, in the great effort to prevent the return of Demise. Stripped of his true physical form by the seal that binds him, he takes the shape of an abomination. But even in his hideous state, he's more than capable of devouring this land if we allow him to do what he desires. We must stop him from freeing himself from the seal that imprisons him, at any cost. And so Zelda points out that this is why she intends to remain here in this time and place to sustain the seal as best as she can. Um, that she must maintain this. Hey, you're scrolling too fast. 
I thought you took notes on this shit. Well, yes, but like I, I made notes in terms of paraphrasing for the best accuracy. I should look at the script. Okay. No, I think what? Yeah, I guess we can skip that. This part. is why I intend to remain here in this time and place to sustain the seal as best I can. As long as I continue this vigil, we may be able to prevent the Demon King from fully reviving himself in our own time. Zelda basically explains that all of this, all of this uh, subterfuge, all this planning on the part of Hylia, is all towards the single purpose of keeping Demise in place so that Link can gather up the pieces of the Triforce and destroy him utterly. Yes. Now, at this juncture... It appears that these are not separate timelines, but one timeline. Which means that Zelda has been holding down the seal on Demise, which he would have broken free from much earlier, if not for her being here. But she's also been here for thousands of years in the present. Oh yeah, you don't quite see e- that Even yet. before you travel back in time. It becomes apparent very shortly. Um she mentions that Link has learned wisdom from solving devious puzzles and traps, gained power by honing and tempering both himself and the sword. And all of this is courage. And yeah, overcoming the trials set before you by the goddess, you've found true courage. And again, this is where it becomes clear that the true adversary of this plot, the true antagonist, is the goddess. The goddess, who is setting up all of this specifically to hone him and for no other purpose. Not for no other purpose, because he's being honed for a very specific purpose. But all this shit, Demise has very little to do with anything that's right. going on. Now that these qualities reside in you, um, you're worthy of wielding the power of old left, can... behind for, left behind for our kind. The old gods left behind for our kind. For humans. Yeah. For mortals, rather. For mortals. You, you can, can claim, claim the, the Triforce. Ah. And this is where she blesses the sword. Yep. Yeah. Um, she extends her hand and Link kneels and my yeah. little shipper heart. <laughs> it, it echoes the goddess ceremony. Yes, at the start. And she lays her hand on the master sword and imbues it with her strength. Yep. There's gold text here, so you know that it's coming from Hylia. Valiant hero, you have endured many hardships and journeyed far in your quest to reach this place. Along your travels, you have found wisdom, power, and courage. And for this, I shall bless your sword with the goddess's power. May it give you and your sword the strength to drive back the abomination that threatens this land. The mark you see upon... Oh, this is regular text now. Yeah. I'm looking at the text dump because the script doesn't have everything. Yeah. The goddess has blessed your blade. This is game text. This is, I guess, the narrator <laughs> is telling you this. And the master sword has at least, at last achieved its ultimate form. The sword is now imbued with the mythical power to drive back demons, and only you may wield it. Yeah. Now it okay. That's a lot to unload. <laughs> now it. Now you can drive back demons, and also only you may wield it. Yeah. So only someone with the soul of the hero specifically can draw the master sword. So the three flames gave you a sacred white light that demons revile. And Hylia gives you the mythical power to drive back demons. More. Just keep stacking those buffs. <laughs> oh, and the, the wings of the cross guard pop out. Yeah, now and it's the real thing. And it's wings Hylia's the whole blessing. time. And you're like, oh, wings for... <laughs> yeah, it's very appropriate. Wings for Hylia. <laughs> and also the the fact that the text says that the goddess has 
uh, Bless Your Sword, makes it very explicit who Zelda is. Like, even though she refers to the goddess in the third person here, yeah. and she mixes up her first and second and third persons with reference to herself and Hylia and Link sometimes, she is Hylia yeah. for all intents and purposes. Oh, She also mentions that the mark on the back of Link's hand is proof that he is the hero legend and that within you dwells sacred power. Hmm. Hmm. So it's there. It's Worthiness in- is itself a sacred power, I think. There's different ways to interpret that. That's certainly one reading. Hmm. But now the actual important part. Yes. That Zelda feels like she owes Link an apology. Because uh, the, the problem is that... Well, well, one... She goes into the explanation that even though there's countless souls in this world, only a select few, those with an unbreakable spirit, can wield its the Triforce's might. You need to be... In, Ocarina of Time says that you need to be in balance. Mm-hmm. But balance and fortitude are basically the same thing, according to this universe. It's like you have to... I mean, the game explains it. Yeah. Um, but also, it's... She says it's impossible to know why the old gods created the Triforce, but she has a theory. So even Hylia doesn't know. But her theory is that um, it, it was to give hope to all mortal beings of the land, which it's a very interesting interpretation. Well, I mean, if they didn't have the Triforce, Demise would just conquer the world. Yes, but I think also the hope is that the divine can't touch this so that if mortals chose they could do something the gods could not that makes sense that's a heck of a a thing to give to your your creations Hilia doesn't know huh yeah she doesn't know why she literally they never doesn't told know. her when they gave it to her no mm. Mm. what what's your read there crystal i can hear it she they didn't give it to her uh-huh she took it <laughs> took it from where when they left when so, do you think that she took it in, like, you don't imagine that it was a shared responsibility of all the spirits of good? Perhaps. But she and was... She, she's just the last one? Maybe. I mean, she super fucking is the last one. To face demise and give the land hope, the goddess Hylia needed someone with an unbreakable spirit. That someone is you, Link. But spirit alone wasn't enough. You had to overcome many trials and awaken the hero within yourself so that you could wield that supreme power. I think that that um, highlights that it's it's both the spirit thing and the heart in balance, the worthiness. Yeah. You got to be tough, but also you got to be chill. <laughs> what? Okay. You got to have both. And so Hylia, I mean, and so I, I knew that if it meant saving Zelda, you would throw yourself headfirst into any danger without even a moment's doubt. I I used you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my shit. Give me <laughs> it's, that. It's, yeah, it's great. I'm gonna drink that shit. <laughs> I can't begin to tell you how sorry I am for pulling you into all of this, Link. But you have to understand, this is a war, and the favor of the land hangs in the balance. I need your strength to tip the scales in our favor. All that may be well-intentioned and true, but it doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't excuse my actions but I'm prepared to pay the price for what I've done. Uh, Zelda's very apologetic here. Yeah. And she cries a few seconds later yeah, in it's, her apology. It's rough. She feels bad about it, even though she, the mortal person, didn't do this. Yeah. And 
all of her th- understands the necessity. Yeah, she bears the burden of karma. The interesting thing is Link is not upset over this. No, he doesn't give a shit. And I guess that's part <laughs> of why she feels guilty because she created a, a scenario and a person who would not feel any upset over this. Yeah. like I love that. Like this whole thing didn't actually kick into action until Link was born and they reached a point where she, the potential reincarnation of Hylia, and he shared these feelings for each other. And they had the relationship that ensured he would go to these lengths. She manipulated a a love scenario. The goddess did, yes. So it's a lot like in Assassin's Creed. (laughs) I was wondering how long it would take for us to get to this part. When the goddess Minerva looked into the future and found Desmond Miles. It was like, this is going to be our guy. This is the guy who can do it. So we got to wait till he's born. Doesn't Desmond die meaninglessly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, they didn't end that story well. Oh, okay. Not quite like Skyward Sword. <laughs> but the ending of Assassin's Creed 2 is really good. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool, I guess. Good to know. That is good to know. Anyway, this is probably my favorite sequence in the uh, entire game. Harkening back to a similar sequence at the ending of Ocarina of Time when Zelda apologizes for putting the world on Link's shoulders. Yeah. This is a very reminiscent scene of Ocarina of Time. Yes, that's that's what I mean to say. This motif of the guilt of the ruler who has had to use the people that she cares about most because she is a ruler before she is a person. And it's layered more than that for Skyward Sword Zelda because until a week ago, she was not a ruler. She was just a girl. Mm-hmm. And she still bears responsibility for something that she did not do. And I love that shit. It is so good. So the trinity of Hylia is Hylia, Zelda, and the Light Force. (laughs) Um, Okay, what's the Light Force? It's the third consubstantial person of Hylia. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing here. Okay. Okay. This is the Church of Hylia. Yeah, the Church of Hylia, because Zelda, Zelda has to be brought back to that uh, Christian understanding of the universe, right? Every time. Well, doesn't it make sense that the understanding of the goddess who wields the Triforce would be that of a trinity? No. <laughs> the Judeo- doesn't it make sense Christian that trinity? during the dark times after, at some point, perhaps after Zelda 2... Hylia would be masculinized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Crystal, where are you going with this, Crystal? No, she's she's arrived. She's that's arrived. that's okay. what she that's what she meant. <laughs> this is what she was going for. Have you got it out of your system yet? Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. I'm. I. I got nothing. What do you want? I mean, it's there in the text. It is not there in the text. <laughs> You cannot separate the power of Hylia from the light force, which is the power of Hylia, and then go, aha, a trinity. I'm not separating There it. is one trinity in the Legend of Zelda series. Okay, there's a bunch of trinities, but there's one personhood trinity, but it is not a godhead. It is the hero, the goddess, and the evil, and that's all there is. There's three goddesses. They ain't around. It's power, courage, and wisdom. 
this yeah, particular concept this particular game seems to suggest that they are less than their creation yeah but the concepts of courage wisdom and power right that's but that, trinity that still maps on to the hero the evil and the goddess they're separate I, though they are that's why it's not a unified trinity it's well they, trinity they're separate trinities. but they're also the same <laughs> this the is the hero divine mystery <laughs> i swear to god but no, the I don't think the goddesses are lesser than the Triforce just because they put a lock on it. No, that's not why I read that. Hylia if, refers to the Triforce as supreme. In this world. No god can wield all the power of the Triforce. That would include the old gods. Back to her apology. I don't know. <laughs> Link, I can't say it enough. I'm so sorry for the way I had to involve you in this. But until my memory of things before our lifetime returned to me, I had no idea we were fated to carry such a heavy destiny. Before all this, I was happy just spending my days hanging around with you in Skyloft. I wanted that feeling to last forever. This is so shoujo. It is the most shoujo and I love it. While it's true that I am highly reborn, I'm still my father's daughter and your friend. I'm still your Zelda. Yeah! Ah! Friend, huh? Uh <laughs> That's all I get from you? Well, this whole confession thing, like... <laughs> this is a lot, Crystal. What the fuck do you want? She just told you she was God. She's still saying And that. she's super guilty about all of everything that's happening. And she's saying it's, that she's yours, Zelda. Yours, Zelda. She's saying, I am the divinity walking around in flesh, and I am yours. What are you looking for, exactly? I don't know. You don't know? I guess you Patrice don't know. Patrice doesn't treat... Uh, Patrice is... Clear about her romantic intentions. Ah, Zelda's more of the traditional shoujo. She can't quite say it. Link has to say it. But anyway, I mean, like the stuff that comes immediately after this is the most love confession that's not a love confession that's ever been written in anything. Where she's like, "Okay, after all of this is over, and there's no more need for me to be here. Ever since we were kids, I've been the one to wake you up." Will you come for me? Yeah. Will you be the one to wake me up? Or will and, you come to wake and me And you have three choices here, motherfucker. <laughs> and they are, I promise, I will, and of course. I like I will. I like I promise. Wake me up. Wake me up. <laughs> Crystal, which up. one do you like? I will. Yeah. I like I promise. Because it, it is closest to I do. Ooh. Oh, I see. I like the firm commitment that doesn't have to invoke another... Crystal, thing. your link's a two-timing piece of shit. <laughs> oh, no. Do you want to hear a poem about Skyward Sword that I wrote all by myself? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of reaction are you looking for before we get into this? Huh? Am, I, I, I need to know if this is a joke poem or what, because I gotta, like... We'll find out. A, okay. Please read us the poem. All this time, I can't believe I couldn't see... Kept in the dark, but you were there in front of me. I've been sleeping a thousand years, it seems. Got to open my eyes to everything. (laughs) Without a thought, without a voice, without a soul. Don't let me die in here. There must be something more. Bring me to life. (laughs) Crystal, I can't... Is this the AMV? (laughs) This is the AMV. You don't know this lyric? I know this lyric. I know this lyric. Thank you, jackass. (laughs) Wake me up. Wake me up inside. I can't wake up. Wake me up inside. Save me. Call my name and oh. save me from the dark. 
Are we going to search to okay, see? There okay, there are Evanescence AMVs of the Zelda series. Oh, hold on. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Oh, fuck me. Hold on. It's coming. We found it. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is good. For Holy yeah, shit. it's good. I don't know. I, the well, way the cocoon shatters as the chorus kicks in. Yeah. I think that the use of the imagery with the lyrics is a bit on the nose. Um, I like it. Well, Kitty Whiskers on YouTube, thank you. You identify the song. <laughs> oh, so Crystal skipped ahead of us a little bit here. Yeah. Are we, are we just going to watch the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's okay. ending. Just so. so that, yeah, it's only a minute. It's a relatively short AMV kind of thing because there aren't actually that many cut sequences to use in oh. Skyward Sword. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, good job, Kitty Whiskers. Kitty Whiskers on YouTube. Uh, we just spent a minute and five seconds looking at a short AMV of Bring Me to Life by Evanescence set to footage from Skyward Sword, uh, centering around this specific sequence that we're talking about. So, Crystal, that was quite, uh, there was a lot of synergy going on That was a good poem, there. Crystal. Thank you. I read it all by myself. <laughs> I'm, yeah, you definitely did. No, it was written by Evanescence. Evanescence was a good band. For the movie Daredevil. It was oh, written no. for Daredevil? Yes, actually. You lie to my face. <laughs> oh, it was written for Daredevil. Bullshit. I demand a citation. Let's see. Uh, hmm. I mean, okay. It was not written for Devil. It was first released on Daredevil, the album. Okay. I'll, I, believe, I believe that. It's weird, but I believe it. Getting back to Skyward Sword. I no, hold on. Evanescence was a good band. Yeah. Uh, you want another cool thing from the wiki for Bring Me to Life? Sure. Uh, the lyrics me. of the song have been interpreted as a call for new life in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would be, right? Okay. Yeah. Getting back to Skyward Sword. Yeah. Uh, this is where Link starts cluing in that something zelda is planning something i don't know why it didn't kick in like three paragraphs ago yeah link is like hold on what hold on no no when you said you were going to be here for thousands of years what does that mean exactly <laughs> please clue me in and then she starts doing the magic thing and he starts scrambling up those fucking stairs yes in a sequence uh because mirroring ocarina of time is that yeah because which part the crystal oh, scene. Oh, the crystal thing. That's right. But this is a little bit different because bit. she spends the whole time explaining what's going on walking back up the stairs to the place where you see the crystal standing if you peek between the cracked doors in the present. And then the magic starts gathering around her and Link fucking genuinely panics. Yes. And she runs towards Zelda, but it's too late. There is a giant orange crystal around her. Uh-huh. She's and trapped in amber. And he bangs on it. He and this is the Ocarina of Time callback. Yeah, absolutely. When he starts slamming into the crystal with his fists. And she's explaining the whole thing to him. He doesn't give one shit about the things she's saying at this point. He just wants to get her out of it. Yeah. I guess, no, I guess... Sorry, this this actually happened a little bit before. We jumped... We didn't describe this sequence. But the promise or the choice of uh, options right. happens after the crystal forms. Well, that's just what happens oh, when well. you get ahead of yourself. What, when we start reciting Evanescence lyrics. Yeah, well, no, it's not even about the Evanescence <laughs> lyrics because you did that before Crystal wrote that poem for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. 
It's just <laughs> that's how it was written in your notes. Ah, <sighs> okay. Well, anyway, you promised to wake her up after you've defeated Demise. No, I promise. You just agree. I vow, <laughs> which is deeper than a promise. If you do not vow, because Link the, doesn't have that option. The statement, your word is your vow. <laughs> sure. You don't believe in promises. I believe in vows. Anyway, I... <laughs> Link looks very sad as he walks away. God, it is the saddest that this character has ever been. And I mean any iteration of this character. Okay, so you you leave that area. You test out your sword. The master sword can now charge super fast, and now it glows blue when you skyward charge it. Can we talk about the time thing here for a second? <laughs> uh-huh. Because yeah. Zelda's been holding down the seal since Demise was originally sealed, even though we just went back into the past to where she originally did it, right? Right. That implies one kind of time travel uh-huh. bullshit. That's a particular kind of time travel bullshit because she's been there the whole time. Yes. In the present, you could peek into the back room and she was always there. She was always there. And we're going to need to remember that fact. Okay? That's something that we're going to have to keep in mind. That always happened. Yeah. That that never didn't happen. (laughs) Um, Impa mentions that she will watch Zelda. Um, Yeah. This is the some part. Interest- Go ahead. Some interesting symbology again with Hylia's symbol. So, in the sealed grounds in the past, the gate that seals Zelda is the version of Hylia with no head, just like an angel with wings. Right. Then the gate, the the Temple of Time, of course, had the version of Hylia that's a bird, and then the symbol that's on the gate of time before it's activated is Helio with the bird flying towards the Triforce. Hmm. What do you make of that? I don't know. It's just some progression of things. It seems to line up chronologically. Yeah. It's definitely a collection of all the different ways that we are made to understand the symbology of Hylia up to this point. Hmm. So the Triforce is in Skyloft. It's time to find it. But in order to get it... Who would know where the Triforce is? Somebody in Skyloft, surely. No. Uh, Groose tells you that he's not going back. He's staying behind. And maybe that's his destiny. You know, and he's really enjoying his time down here. Don't you love how it smells? Yeah. Oh, also, I do need to point out that the entire time you're talking to Zelda, it plays this really nice version of Zelda's lullaby. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Fuck, this game has good music. It's one of the best versions of it. I think... I think it's probably the best version of it. Breath of the Wild has a really good version of it, but I think this one probably tops it. Whew. Okay, back to Skyloft. Who Let's on do Sky- it. Who on Skyloft knows about this? Who are we talking to? Uh, Gapora. <laughs> Gapora. What's Gapora say when we talk to Gapora? Um, Let's see. Well, he's heard of it in the ancient texts that um, I guess he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no location is mentioned in these texts. That That's ain't, good. That ain't for humans to know. But, you know, no one else in Skyloft would have heard about this. He theorizes that, oh, that ancient sky spirit, you Le- know. Levius might have some idea. Yes. And this is the first time you hear about Levius, even though I guess he's the spirit. Is it the first time? Yeah. I think so. Huh. Even though The great is, sky spirit yeah, has the, guarded our realm for ages. Uh-huh. It's like, by the way, and Link's like, who? You need to go talk to the wind fish over there. Uh-huh. 
because he is, Levius is 100% definitely, no questions asked, a callback to the Windfish. Yeah. In fact, I would have made an argument before Breath of the Wild came out that they're the same character. Yeah, but Breath of the Wild kind of shot that. It sure did. It took it out into the street and beat that idea silly. Which, <laughs> what Leviathan, what is, of the three Leviathans, what is Levius of? Levius is in the Elden region. Well, not Elden. He's just outside of Death Mountain. To the north of it, I think. Northwest. Why? Was he power, wisdom, or courage? I don't know that you could say that they're arranged in that way. Okay. Because the Leviathans are themselves spirits of good. They are not like the subservient spirits of the dragons who serve Hylia. I like the way Levius is treated, where he's not, like, worshipped, because they worship Hylia. He's, like, a, a cool grandpa. <laughs> yeah, he's the, I guess so. He's the cool grandpa that you make lunch for. And Kapoor's like, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. I guess he's trapped in that giant thunderhead that recently appeared. Yeah, you probably should go see what's up with him. Um, I'm sure it would be fine. You go and talk to Owlen, Professor Owlen, and he remarks that, oh, like... Levius was acting really weird, like he was possessed. Yeah, last time I saw him, he was all fucked up. What's going on? Um, you you better learn some new techniques for your loft wing. Oh my god, I forgot this sequence. I did not. To rid Levius of the blight that has hold of him. The blight? Hold on, I'm gonna see if that's in. Yeah, it's in the plot. It's in the script. Yeah, rid Levius of his blight. It's that's hundred percent what it fucking says. So you have to learn the spiral charge at this late stage of the game. Upgrade your loft wing. Yeah, the spiral charge, in case our listeners don't know, is up to now loft wings are able to shoot forward. It doesn't give them much of a speed boost, but it functions as a kind of attack. Using it as a speed boost when you're trying to ascend doesn't work. But uh now you can get the spiral charge, which goes much further and has its attack hitbox, I suppose you could call it, last for much longer. I think they should have enabled this from the start. Yeah, adding it as a separate ability later doesn't actually make a lot of sense. And making you fly faster and better makes flying a lot more enjoyable. It does not make you fly that much better, but we have fundamental disagreements about how best to navigate the sky. Hey, um... And after you get the spiral charge, you are directed to go speak to Pum, who regularly communes with Levius. Yeah, the guy who communes with Levius is the guy whose chandelier you fucking destroyed. Who regularly makes an offering of pumpkin soup. Levius love pumpkin soup. In a giant uh, tub shaped like a pumpkin. Yeah. How much soup is in that bloody thing? It's got to be hundreds of gallons. That's a heck of an offering. Yeah. That far outweighs the soup that he makes for the rest of the patrons. Like, that whole restaurant's purpose must be for preparing it for the spirit. It's actually a shrine. A shrine to Levius. Well, no, the shrine, the destination is inside the Thunderhead. Well, I mean, Levius isn't usually just inside the Thunderhead. I guess so, but no, Pum tells you that he usually brings it to a small island, which is now in the Thunderhead, where there is a perpetual rainbow. Okay, he's the kitchen for the shrine. Okay. Yeah. An everlasting rainbow. So Link Link goes and takes this giant vat of pumpkin soup over. With Scrapper's help. With Scrapper's help. And then appears the great lord of the skies, Levius. 
And he's got shit sticking out of him. Yeah. The ocular parasite bilocyte. Though it's not introduced as such in this sequence. You have to attack these gross tendrils that are sticking out of holes in Levius's body. And once you break all of them, you can land on Levius. The first part of this boss fight is not unlike the fight against the biohazard in Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, the final hazard. Yes, you're exactly right. Uh, In case our listeners do not remember, the final hazard is a secondary take on the ultimate life form in Sonic Adventure 2, when the ultimate life form is actually Shadow. And um, in order to defeat it, you have to break these growths that are all over its body and regulating its power. But in so doing, you free it from its shackles, which transitions into its second stage, much like what happens with Bilocyte here. I like that the prototype of the ultimate life form is a big lizard, and the ultimate life form perfected is a hedgehog. Yep. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? It's like this big dinosaur thing that starts to um, do a colony drop from Gundam on the Earth. It literally does that. Uh That's what the ending of Sonic Adventure 2 is about, stopping the colony drop. Sonic Adventure 2 is one of the greatest games of all time. I am going to stop you there. <laughs> and we're not going to have this discussion. I've never... Maybe... Have I played it? Um, I don't know if I've played it. I think that should tell you everything you need to know. Pilocyte looks like a giant spinal cord. Yeah. With I, a flower face. I had difficulty fighting the second form because I just kept on reflecting the... Whatever it spit out at you back at the center part of it. Yep. Never asking Fi what's up. No, Fi doesn't tell you. Oh, okay. So you actually have to direct your shots because you can with this mostly one-to-one sword tracking. Yeah, you have to hit it in certain directions with your sword. With the flimsy floppy sides. It's ears. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is you may, you start off trying to just parry it with the shield and it always moves out of the way of that because anytime something goes right for its eye, it'll either move out of the way or close its eye and the projectile just breaks. Yeah. So you have to whoop the... If anybody in the sound of my voice fights Bilocyte, reflect the attacks using your sword, not your shield. And you have to aim to the sides, not right in front. You have to direct it with your sword. It's nice to have a boss battle here, I guess. I I, I guess. It's not the best boss battle. Yeah. It's you fine. free Levius. He's got some neat eyebrows. Yeah. His eyebrow game is Ganon-esque in terms of how on point it is. Um... When Freed, um, he mentions that before she passed from the world so long ago, the goddess Hylia appointed me as warden of the skies. Kind of an important line. Yes, it is for our understanding of it, because the skies were here before, and they are not Levius's realm. They are Hylia's realm. Or he acts under her authority. Well, yes, he does definitely act under her authority. But remember, I think that the skies are in a different world altogether. Ah. Uh. Which right. this would mean that, according to my reading, Levius is not the creator of this world. Hylia is. My reading of this is less that Levius is like a servant of Hylia, and more that he did this as a favor for her. Yeah, that makes sense. They're like friends. Yeah, because they're both spirits of good. Right. Also, this is kind of the point, even though Levius describes it in a very euphemistic way, you know, passed from the world. She died. Yeah, it becomes clear that she died from her wounds. Yeah. Or she died 
by thinking about it oh, it because she needed like, to reincarnate. It seems like the wounds that Demise inflicted on her were so terrible that she came up with all of this because she would not be around to fix things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I like the reading that Hylia and Levius are of a kind, more or less on rank with each other and respect uh, respectful toward one another rather than being a higher power and a lower power like is the case with Hylia and the dragons. Levius is like Kilia's uncle. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, Levius uh, tells you that he won't tell you the exact location of the Triforce, but we'll give a hint. Yeah, it's like, you have to figure this out. You you knew this was coming. The hint is in the form of a song, a song of the hero. And he's not going to give you the song either. No, no, no. Because there were four parts um, to which Levius has only one part. And he won't teach you that right now. He'll only teach you that when you get the other three parts that were entrusted to the dragons. Yeah. Good grief. Yep. Uh, well, this isn't quite like the Metroid Prime backtracking. The key? No, no, no. See? There's concrete things to do here. Yeah. But I, I understand that not a lot of people appreciate that. A lot of people hate this part of the game. A lot of people hate this part of the game a lot, which is understandable but i genuinely think it's one of the better part of the games in many ways yeah but also it might make a good place to put a pin in this episode do we how are we doing for time we're one hour and 30 minutes in i think that's a good place to put a pin in the episode okay i can't remember people send emails <laughs> uh people can send emails to book of medora podcast at gmail.com that's Book of Medora podcast at gmail.com. We got two emails here. Oh, now yeah. the first one from Chicago Draconis. I'm going to need you to to restrain yourselves and not read the bottom of it because oh. there's a joke in there. Yay! Okay, how about uh, you just read this one, Crystal? Okay. Chicago writes in Hey, Book of Medora crew, listening to your discussions of the ancient cistern got me thinking. If the primary activity happening in the cistern is the purification of water, including having a dedicated cesspit, the hell referred to several times in the podcast, that has some interesting implications. Specifically, that in the world of Hyrule, evil is not something that can be destroyed. Instead, it is something that has to be filtered and contained. This fits narratively with the rest of the series, but it is notable that it is in Skyward Sword, presumably before any great curse is placed, and this is the natural state of the world. I also find quite interesting that the Cistern Cesspit is the first place in the timeline we encounter Malice, which we could already consider a condensed, purified form of evil. Is it possible that in the desire to make a neutral world good and pure, pure evil was created as an inevitable consequence? Finally, with how Malice seems to make up a large part of Kalactos, and the way Girahim pieces out, I wonder if Girahim actually fought and destroyed Kalactos, then used Malice produced by the temple to reanimate it as an evil boss. Just some fun thoughts, Shikal Draconis. Those are fun thoughts, yeah. Yeah. That was, that's definitely a very interesting read on... Um... A water purification system, of course, the impurities still remain. Well, I mean, the impurities remain, but 
impurities can also be recycled back into the environment in a way that's not harmful. That's one of the ideas behind a water purification system. That's mm-hmm. one of the ideas behind the symbol of the lotus flower. Mm-hmm. I, and I think probably um, this idea that malice existed at the beginning of the world is also interesting. But I thought that one of the things that the ancient cistern was implying in its construction was that the malice here was left over from the war. Mm-hmm. That it was born of the demons. Yes. What do you make of it, Crystal? I'm willing to subscribe directly to this email. Oh, yeah? I think it's a very good theory. So evil is not something that can be destroyed. Right. Evil cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be concentrated. That's an interesting thought. So you're s- that does create certain thorny theological questions, though. Not with regards to the gods, but with regards to people. Because it's suggesting that when people are evil, when, say, Ganondorf is evil, that it's not really his fault. He was just given an unusual portion of malice. I'm in conflict Too many malice molecules in them. I'm morally opposed to that. I, I don't much like that reading for that reason. The idea that evil cannot be created, that it isn't something that's born. Mm, no. It removes free will from the equation. Which, free well, will Hillia to be did evil. that. Hillia did not remove free will from the equation. It's just that free will looks very different to somebody who doesn't see time the way we do. Um, that's an interesting idea about Kloktos. Yeah, Kloktos probably... I don't know if Kloktos was killed by Girahim first, but it does imply that Girahim is able to wield malice. Yeah. Which is weird, because even Demise doesn't really use Malice. He never tries. That we see. He just sets up a ground to fight Link. He doesn't fill it with Malice. No, it's very pretty. Yeah. Well, what I mean is he could if he was able to... It doesn't matter. A neutral world, good and pure, doesn't imply to me that pure evil needs to exist in the first place. That's a... Again, it harkens back to Judeo christian justifications for why god would design the world in such a way that satan is around Hmm. which i'm not theologically prepared to discuss in the context of this podcast but i don't know if it fits in the context of how zelda works up to now the blood of the demons had to be filtered out of the earth do you think they put it all here oh i see and the hatred within it was able to reanimate the bakoblins why do you think where do you think all of this malice went later in the timeline? Hmm. If it can't be destroyed, where did it go? Where did it go? Because this is taking place in what we might later call the imprisoned timeline, which goes on to become the Ocarina of Time timeline. So where did that malice go? I still think that the malice can be destroyed because you can destroy it in the only other game in which it appears which is breath of the wild it's something that can be purged and actually Phi at the end of this destroys demise slowly and utterly and utterly so perhaps this water purification system is doing the same thing it's not purification the way we think of it like filtering and leaving sediment behind this is this impure water in the hell does get transformed and split out. You're suggesting that it's, to use a real-world comparison, more like the um, petroleum-eating bacteria that you can throw onto 
an oil spill and eventually it'll eat all the petroleum. Sure. So it is gone, but it does create different byproducts, which are not as harmful. Sure. The Calamity Ganon has a lot of malice. <laughs> yeah, because Ganon at that point is full of so much hate that he is like all the demons combined and worse. He can just produce it because he has that much hate inside of him. And that's one of the things that it's like, if malice cannot be created or destroyed, how do you explain the calamity in the first place? Gratitude crystals are like force gems. Okay. And malice are like anti-force gems. I see. Um. So positive feeling, good, is necessary to obliterate evil. Yes. That, that seems like a cogent reading to me. Okay. Next email. Next email, um, subject Zelda email, comes from Charlotte. <laughs> and it reads, body text. Thank, Thank you, Charlotte. You, Charlotte. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. That was indeed a Zelda email. Crystal, did you put out a call for emails or something? I did put out a call for emails. Okay, well, everybody in the sound of my voice, this is also a call for emails. We're basically out of emails, which isn't a bad thing by any means. We can continue on with or without a mailbag section. It's just fun to have. Um, It's possible that next episode we may not have one if we don't have any emails. That's so terrible. But we're cutting things a little bit short today because of the way that our schedules have all lined up. Please send us emails, and we'll give you much gratitude crystals. We All we give out is like bun- five. bundles of five exclusively. Three bundles of five? Or? I don't know. Okay. They'd have to talk to us separately. Yes. Yeah. And that's all we've got. Where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. You can find me on Twitter, at ArcaneCrystal, on Patreon, at ArcaneCrystal, on MCU Complete Me. The podcast where we discuss all the Marvel movies and decide if they're good or bad. Recently, we discussed Venom, and soon we will discuss Ant-Man. One of those movies is very good. What, and how's Ant-Man? Ah. Ah. The little girl very is very average. cute. Yeah, Cassie's good. N.K. Jemison could not get through Ant-Man. She, no? No, she ran into the, uh, pro, uh, into the stereotypical minority characters and she pieced out like 20 minutes in. Oh yeah, though yeah, they're definitely there. <laughs> they, they totally like dropped the word gypsy as well. They did. Uh huh. They. She asked Twitter, "Is there a point in this movie where there's a person of color who is not a stereotype joke?" And Twitter said no. And she said, "Okay, fuck this. I'm going to go play Skyrim or whatever." That is that's a totally fair call. Accurate description of that film. Ant Man Two is better. Ant Man Two is definitely better. They they let Lawrence Fishburne act in that one, and that was good. Also, go, uh, go Let's Place, the <laughs> podcast where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. All these shows can be found on AudioEntropy.com, along with other shows like All Along the Watchtower, Basho and Tell, D Comedy, Let Me Tell You About Homestuck. Let's steal a podcast and totally reprise. Crystal, who made the art for our podcast? Oh, the person who made the art for our podcast would be Tor Kirby. You can find on torkirby.com. Good to give them money. The onion router, Kirby. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, I think Tor. I think Kirby surfs the deep web. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Kirby from the deep web. <laughs> Kirby from the deep web. Yeah. You go to the deep web and there's Kirby? It's just Kirby. And Dreamland? That's one of the things about the deep web that nobody really knows is that it's actually just an offshoot of the Kirby fandom. Comic of uh, a, a, a real hacker type logging into the dark web. And then all they see is a bunch of Kirby art. <laughs> yeah, basically. It starts off immediately playing green greens with an embedded MIDI file that they can't turn off. <laughs> is it time for a joke? It's time for a joke. Yay. This is sent in by Shakal Draconis. Why did Helia stay in the ground to fight the demon army instead of going to Skyloft with her people? She was too obsessed with their leader's face. She just couldn't get enough of demise. Yeah! Uh, I like that. Oh, I'm glad you do. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.